Yeah, okay, okay. Anywho. Uh, <laughs> I, was, I was shorter than 10 minutes. All right, folks, well, welcome to Undrafted. Uh, I'm Ryan. I'm Caleb. And uh, here we are, folks. Um, Stanley Cup Finals, and we're in mid-September. It's weird. It's extremely re- weird, but hockey nonetheless. Uh, so we're going to, um, I guess, open up with our, once again, um, pretty much opening thoughts. Uh, we are changing the format soon. Just don't ask us when. Or to what? I don't know. Neither do I. <laughs> <laughs> Opening thoughts from me, your unfavorite host, Caleb. Um, so, if you are a, a Republican and say you should vote straight ticket Republican, you are part of this problem in this country. And that goes for both sides. <laughs> Sorry, I just have to throw that in there. Asshole. <laughs> If you are a Democrat and say you should vote straight ticket Democrat, you are part of this problem. Stop being a party and start being Americans and vote for the right damn people. Because just because you're a Democrat or just because you're a Republican doesn't mean that they are the right choices. Stop being idiots. Stop being moronic and stop being narrow minded. Okay. I guess that was more of an opening rant today. Is that it? That's that's it. Don't Mine's, be short. <laughs> Mine's short, sweet, and to the point. Folks, Donald Trump had absolutely nothing to do with the Big Ten resuming football. There you go. You are fake news. And, and yes, if blue states didn't count towards the COVID numbers, it would be lower. But that's because people live in the blue states. Common sense should dictate, you guys. This is a terrifying man to vote for. There you go. Okay, so with that being said, enough well, on that. Testing more. They're just testing more. So it, it, it these numbers are just skewed because <laughs> they're testing more. Yeah, I'm. I'm trying to leave. I, I. I've been trying to be non-political. So he's a moron, folks. He's a moron. There you go. You fake news. All right, so playoff review. Um, like we said last week, um, wow. the, the play-in was awesome. It was awesome to see that play-in tournament thing, the round robin, whatever you want to call it. Wow. Wow-wee. <laughs> um, we, we really kind of touched on these things already. What was our fl- favorite part of the playoffs? Uh yeah, so on, so forth. 
all that good stuff. Did you have a favorite moment in the playoffs, Caleb? Um, Islanders winning uh, that game six, or was no game five of the series, and Vlarimov Superman sliding into the into the pile. <laughs> Just because I thought it was funny. Do you know what I've really enjoyed? I've really enjoyed these videos of these players coming back home from the bubble and seeing their kids and their wives and whatnot for the first time in like three months. It's yeah. it, I, I, I can relate. And it is, it is a, it is an amazing feeling. Um, it, it, it brings a tear to your eye and it shows how much these, these athletes really love the sport of hockey. You know, hockey is just a great sport. Um, and, and these players just, they do what they do for their teams and their fans. And then their family, when they come home, just, it, it is heartwarming to see. And, um, yeah, I'll leave it at that. I really don't have a straight thought on that one, but it's just heartwarming and nice to see. Those have been pretty fun to watch. Yes. Uh, Carrie, Pri- uh, Carrie prices is the one that really kind of hit me in the heart. <laughs> Um, so I just found this article, Caleb, you ready for this one? No. All right. Uh, because with COVID and all that kind of some weird logistical things going on, uh, the Stanley cups traveling status is up in the air. Once the final is completed Edmonton, Alberta, the Stanley cup will fly back from Edmonton with the winning team to its playing city. But after that, nobody knows how hockey's most famous trophy will celebrate the NHL and the hockey hall of fame are weighing options on what to do next with the cup. Typically, each member of the winning team gets to spend a day with it in the location of its choice. That means the Stanley Cup and Cup Keeper travel thousands of miles, traversing borders and even continents. But that may be extremely unlikely due to this pandemic. One option is to have the winner stay in that city to celebrate with the Cup, as opposed to the Cup flying in and out of cities. However, that has yet to be determined. It's also unclear if there will be restrictions on how players celebrate. Often they kiss and drink from the Cup while passing it around from person to person. Oh, yeah. That, I, yeah, I mean, that. I think that one's going to be gone. Uh, isn't that, isn't that, like, that's heartbreaking, too. You know what I mean? Because that's one of the aw- most awesome visions in sports is seeing those players drink uh, drink beer from the cup. I'm just going to say it's not going to be, like, the NBA final no. celebration where they're struggling and beating cans of beer together to get them to explode open. Hockey players no. are smarter than basketball players. Right. And we don't we don't cry when our leg cramps up. Usually, if our heart stops, we ask to be put back in the game. Back in the game once it's restarted. Put me in, coach. I'm ready <laughs> to play. Uh, Cupkeeper Phil Pritchard brought the Stanley Cup as well as the Conn Smythe Trophy, uh, and the Prince of Wales Trophy, and the Clarence Campbell tro- uh, Bowl on an air flight Canada from Toronto to Edmonton earlier this month. Uh, Edmonton will be the site of the Stanley Cup Finals, folks. That's poop. That's the only time they're ever going to see a cup in the near future. <laughs> oh, Actually, it's going to be the only time a Canada team sees the cup in the near future. Right? Right? Um, so do you have anything to add uh, for your playoff review? Um 
it's been great to watch a lot of these OHL alum guys, these young guys that are making their NHL debuts even right in these playoffs. That's been pretty fun to watch. Right. Um, so last night, um, I did have a question for you. Um, because did you yeah. see, did you see that goal where the Islanders supposedly had seven players on the ice? I didn't no, see I, seven players. I did not even see that part of the game. I it, My issue is, even if there were seven players, it was in the midst of a line change. There were five players in the offensive zone. The puck was in the offensive zone. The puck wasn't anywhere near the board. Uh, one of the players or two of the players, whoever was getting on and off the ice, they were not part of the play. And that's not, that's not a too many men call, plain and simple. If they weren't part of the play and they didn't affect the play, that's not too many men on the ice. It's clear. Is as far as I, how I interpret the rule as a coach, scout, mm-hmm. um, fan, and former player, as long as you're not involved in the play, you can have twelve guys out there on the ice. You can have fifteen. It doesn't matter well, as long as five guys are involved in the play. I mean, I guess I wouldn't go that far, but yeah, the, the principle. Yes, I agree. It's they Rex weren't involved in the play. More lenient on allowing more men on the ice during a line change, especially during the playoffs, as long as they aren't touching the puck or in affecting the play. Yeah. If they were to throw a hit. Yeah. If they were to throw a hit or play a neutral zone, make a neutral zone play, then yeah, definitely call it. But I didn't even see seven players on the ice where everybody else was seeing it. I watched the thing at least 10 times. I didn't see it. Um, And, also, the referees and the linesmen, their focus is on the puck in the offensive zone. Exactly. So and if the there's somebody not goal. behind the play like that, they're not going to pay attention to that. Exactly. It's kind of like uh, 10 years ago today marks the anniversary of uh, Michigan State um, beating uh, Notre Dame um, in a double overtime thriller. Remember the fake field goal play when the clock hit zero and all these Notre Dame fans were butthurt? Yeah. I I've posted... The, the, if I'm not mistaken, though, that that the ball was the ball was moving by the time the clock hit zero. Yes, it was. Uh, unlike unlike the U of M MSU game where the clock stopped at one, and then the ball snapped, and then it clicked over to zero, and U of M lost. That was a good one too. Uh, the rules <laughs> changed after that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that there it was no longer part of a uh, uh, it. It wasn't an in-home housekeeper. It wasn't an in-home housekeeper, a clock keeper. Yeah, uh, it's, it's now a – no, I think it's on the refs now. So well, pretty much what we need to understand about these types of situations in sports is the fact that, like, here, let me read this. Let me read this uh, from – from that 2010 game, the responsibility is assigned to the back judge who in this situation is standing beneath the upright proper mechanics dictate that this focus be directed to the play clock as it approaches zero. When the play clock display reads zero, he must redirect his attention to the ball at that time. If the snap is not started, the flag will be thrown for delay of game. If the snap has begun, no flag will be thrown under these procedures. There will be always be a small amount of lag time between time clock read zero and the time the back judge is able to see the football. That is because, and once again, in this situation in last night's game, um, I read the quote from the ACC official after the game in 2010. Well, 
let's go to last night. They were focused on the puck. There was a scoring opportunity right in front of them. Rules dictate that is more important than looking behind them with people not involved in the play. Yes, I will say this, though. The line judge that, coming from former ref here, hi, um, you're trained if you are opposite of the player's bench. You're watching the blue line, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and judge will tell you that you, your main priority is watching the blue line. Right. Line judge opposite of the player's bench. So you're looking at the blue line. You're using your peripheral mm-hmm. and watching the benches as well. Now, that is then in turn, okay, you, you know, you can cue in the refs. There's a lot of communication that's going on between the players to players and mm-hmm. players to refs and refs to refs and the line judges to refs and all that, you know. So it, it, there's a lot going on, a lot of communication. Mm-hmm. If they're not thinking that it's going to involve, uh, you know, it, they're not involved in the play, they're not going to cue the ref in to look at it. Right. Just saying. Right. All right. Uh, so with that, um, we the playoffs happened. It was an amazing playoffs. That series with the Islanders, I mean, you knew Tampa was going to win, but you, I kept finding myself rooting for the Islanders. Um, it was fun. They, they played with a lot of heart. Same thing with the Western Conference Finals with Vegas and Dallas. I didn't care who came out of that because that was phenomenal. We knew it was going to be Dallas at this point last week, though. Uh, just the heart they were playing with and the determination. And I said last week, folks, I said Tampa in six. I said Tampa's going to win. Honestly, at this point, it's a toss-up because Dallas has had how many days of rest more on uh, Tampa? Uh they're coming in hot. Uh, they looked very good against Vegas. It's a toss-up. Uh, Vegas screwed up. They should have played Flower. Oh, did yep. I say that out loud? All right. But with that, folks, it'll be uh, Dallas and Tampa Bay in the Stanley Cup Finals. When we come back, we will preview the finals and close up on this uh, little short, sweet, and sexy episode of Undrafted. So stay tuned and enjoy. Oh, my God, that is one sexy chest. The difference between a moment and a career is evolution. Evolution. You will slow down. You will get old. Your body will fail you. So you evolve. You change your game. You do what you need to do with the time you got. If not, you go extinct. Evolve or go extinct. Are you ready to go extinct? No, I'm not. No, no fucking way. Are you fucking extinct? No. No. No, no, absolutely not. Well, I'm still here. I'm not ready to go fucking extinct. The Highlanders are still here. Yeah, we the are. The fucking Highlanders are here. Yeah. It's do or die for the Highlanders tonight. They're in- 
gloves off, stick down, no warning. He challenged the Chiefs. Call us names. Call us names! But Dave was there. Dave's the killer! Yeah, yeah! There's the killer. He's a mess. Do it. Alrighty. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome <laughs> back to Undrafted with Caleb and Ryan. I was going to get a really good burp, and then I just let a squeaker out. Oops. Squeak. Oh, there it is. <laughs> uh, edit that out. <laughs> no. There's zero editing. There's really not a lot of editing in this, folks. Um, it's pretty much everything's in one take. Um, we actually did have an episode, the one with uh, Xander, when we had to do with two takes in the first opening segment. That was the first time ever on Undrafted. It was great. That was a good episode. That was literally us talking crap the whole time. That was a great episode. Absolutely. Xander, we miss you, Go buddy. Go check it out. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's quarantine discussions, quarantine conversation episode uh, with our buddy Xander. We've had we've had some cool guests this year. We're hoping to get even bigger and better guests on season three of Undrafted. We're already on season three um, after this season ends, Caleb. Crazy to think that we've been doing this now. On our, we're on our third year. Yeah. It, it is insane. You know, from my first step, from the first episode of recording in my kitchen in my two-bedroom apartment in Carroll, Michigan, now to my house on Long Lake, uh, just outside of Alpena, Michigan. Um, it's, um, I was in the midst of a bad divorce, uh, just after a bad divorce, and living the bachelor life, and now remarried. Um, just... Just enjoying it, you know, just just enjoying life. Um, it's great. It's great. Um, so hockey's gotten me so far in life, and I'm so thankful for it. Uh, so, yeah. Um, but with that, uh, let's get to the Stanley Cup Finals. <laughs> it's going to be – I really – I think it's going to go seven. Right. Uh, it's just <sighs> – both teams are playing extremely well. Rest is going to come become a factor, I believe. I could be wrong because these guys came in, came back for the COVID Cup like <laughs> they haven't skipped a beat. So right, right, both teams. You know, but uh, I think Tampa might have an issue with the style of play that Dallas does. Um, it's just. Brutal. They are right. very physical. They are skilled and physical. You don't get both. It, it, Tampa, skill. They're fast. They don't do a whole heck of a lot of hitting outside of a few. Dallas, everybody hits. So it'll be interesting. Here's what's awesome about it. The last two years, the last two Stanley Cup winners, Washington in 2018, St. Louis in 2019, um, the last two Stanley Cup winners, those were their first franchise cups. Uh, this wouldn't be Dallas's, and this won't be Tampa Bay's. The Stars won the Cup in 99 and made the uh, finals three other times, um, in 2000 and then in 1981 and 91. Uh, and then the Lightning captured their uh, the Cup to their first trip to the finals in 04 and then lost to the Blackhawks in 15. But what the awesome thing about this Stanley Cup Finals this year is the fact that uh, this is the first not time... The Blackhawks. They're not the Blackhawks. Sorry. Sure. No, uh, they're the Hawks. Oh, okay. Uh, but this is the first time in NHL history that there are two Sun Belt teams 
playing for a Stanley Cup. Yes, which is interesting because neither place has ice. Yeah, it, it's it's a awesome year for non-traditional markets. Dallas hosted the Winter Classic this last January at the Cotton Bowl uh, against Nashville right before COVID hit. And it was the first um, Sunbelt game um, for the outdoor games. Uh, they did play one a couple of years ago in L.A. Uh, for the superstitious people, since 2008, this is the sixth time that a, t- a team has appeared in the Winter Classic has advanced to the Stanley Cup Finals. Those teams are 1-4 and four in the championship round. Most people are picking Tampa in this series as well. Uh, but like I said, rest, and like Caleb just said, rest might play an important factor in this game, but it might not like it used to. You know what I mean? Because we did have that three, four-month gap between um, the del- uh, regular season and the round robin, you know? Uh, so also, also you're taking out the travel aspect. Yes. Being in bubbles. So it's travel it's, takes a lot out of you. It's going to be cool to see though. It's good. We're going to see some great freaking hockey. And I'm excited. I am stoked. It's going to be some good hockey. Uh, how did the stars get here? Uh, it's been kind of an up and down season. Hockey. <laughs> Uh, after uh, losing in Game 7 of the second round last year to St. Louis, the Stars added veteran free agents Joe Pavelski and Cody Perry to increase their playoff uh, numbers their, 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 to, to pad their team to give them depth. Uh, Dallas started the season with a dud going 1-7-1. Uh, at this point, folks, Detroit was doing better than Dallas was at the beginning of this last season. So once again, we kind of have a similar situation as to what was going on in St. Louis the year before, but then they went 17, four and two and established itself as one of the NHL's best defensive teams, um, which is amazing. The team also fired its head coach halfway through the season for unprofessional conduct, which he would later seek help for alcohol abuse. And uh, he just uh, got hired by the blues. Did you see that? I did not. Good for him. Yep. Uh, so he, awesome. That's good to hear. Assistant coach Rick Bowness took over the Stars, becoming the NHL's oldest coach at 65 years old. Uh, Dallas has a record of thir- had a record of 37, 24, and eight for third in the Central Division, but lost six games in a row when the season was paused due to COVID. That kind of lit a spark under their butt. You know what I mean? Uh, the stars went one and two in the round robin and drew Calgary in the opening round. And then that's I Calgary was my sleeper team this year. And this is where Dallas just um, started to take off. They won the series in six games, scoring 21 goals in those six games. Uh, Their offensive uh, dominance continued against Colorado Um, and Colorado once Colorado, once again, um, they just uh, got injury after injury and Dallas scored 28 goals um, in seven games. But finally, they had a shorter uh, they had a shorter round uh, with uh, Vegas. Uh, what that that was five game series. Uh, they but they but their defense limited uh, their de- <laughs> their def- I have Caleb on video, folks. Uh, so sorry if I chuckled there. Uh, they limited the Knights to eight goals in five games, and then uh, with goalie uh, Kudobin playing his lights out, um, had a shutout. No, oh, no, two overtime runs. I miss what misread it. Blah, I can't talk today. And uh, they went five and zero in extra session uh, overtime games in the postseason. So that's how Dallas got there. 
And Tampa got there just by being freaking beasts. I don't even need to go into detail on Tampa. They just they've been playing lights out all year. Uh, the key player for Tampa has been uh Braden Point. Braden Point. Braden when he Point. is on, they win. And folks, we made this Kayla made this comparison last week. Perfetti and Braden Point are extremely similar. Braden Point, not the greatest skater coming into the league, but uh Man sure knows how to find them back in the net. Right, Filling so holds up like Zadino wants to. So, who are the X factors for these teams, Caleb? All right, I'm going to give you a few. Okay, for Tampa. For Tampon, it's going to be Brayden Point, Kucherov, and Vasilevsky. You don't have those two guys scoring, you're not going to win. You don't have Vasilevsky standing on his head doing Vasilevsky-like things. You're not going to win. Now, for Dallas, you're going to think I'm a little crazy here. I'm Mm -hmm. going to give you Dobin. Oh, no. That's not crazy at all. If he's on point like he has been this playoffs, Mm -hmm. these playoffs, they're going to win. But they're going to need help from... I'm going to give you a defenseman, a young defenseman at that. Miro Haskinen. Guy who knows what he's doing on, on the blue line. He knows how to break out of the break out of the defensive zone. He knows how to push the play when needed. Uh, so he's going to be my number two. And then, um, let's see, I, was, I had him in my head. There he is. Alexander Radulov. He's not scoring. They're not winning. Those are my three keys. Three keys to each team that need to be rolling. All right. Well, uh, for Dallas, for me, Kudobin, uh, 12 and 6, 920 uh, save percentage, and 2.62 goals against average. Uh, um, yeah, he's coming off a great series against Vegas. Um, number two, Tyler Seguin. Just veteran leadership, veteran, 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 veteran leadership. And then you said he's going in. I want to say he's going in. Um, but I'm going to go with Alexander Radulov. Uh, he has 14 points and two overtime game winning goals. Uh, he'll, he's going to be an X factor uh, in this series. And then for, uh, for Tampa, Kucherov, I mean, come on, the reigning NHL MVP. Uh, and uh, Victor Hedman. And then, of course, Veselsky. It, there's, it's just going to be a good series. I'm excited. I'm, I'm super excited. Uh, that's all I can say. Um, so with all that being said, who do you got? <laughs> Tampon in seven. Ooh. Excuse me. I'm going to go Dallas in seven. I... I feel that this time off is actually going to make a big difference. Watch. It's going to be Dallas in seven or Tampa in seven in a, like an overtime or double overtime game. I, I wanted, I was going to go with Dallas just because uh, I want to see Anton Kudobin win mm-hmm. would be lovely. And uh, just for all the haters out there, I'd love to see uh Regilov, uh 
F shit up and win it in a double overtime game because, oh, his man doesn't even deserve to be in the <laughs> NHL. Man has skill. Shut up. Right. <laughs> but I'm going with – I got to go with my man Braden Point. Right. I'm going to go Dallas in seven. I'm just I'm, – I'm just feeling it. So there you go. Last week I said Tampa. So – Tampa in six last week. I'm going Dallas in seven this week. I think the rest is going to help them. I think the Islanders really grinded down that Tampa team. So, but we'll see what happens because we're there's no travel. So we'll see what happens. It'll um, be interesting. But with that, folks, that's uh, that's it for this uh, mini session of Undrafted. Uh, my name's Ryan. I'm Caleb. Uh, don't forget uh, to keep the excess pet population under control. Get your pets spayed and or neutered. It's okay to adopt and shop. Do it responsibly. Peace. Hello out there. We're on the air. It's hockey night tonight. Tension grows. The whistle blows. And the puck goes down the ice. The goalie jumps and the players bump and the fans all go insane. Someone roars, Bobby scores at the good old hockey game. Oh, the good old hockey game is the best game you can name. And the best game you can name is the good old hockey game. Second period, where players dash with skates of flash, the home team trails behind. But they grab the puck and go bursting up, and they're down across the line. They storm the crease like bumblebees, they travel like a burning flame. We see them slide the puck inside, it's a 1-1 hockey game. Oh, the good old hockey game is the best game you can name. And the best game you can name is the good old hockey game. Third period, last game in the playoffs, too. Oh, take me where the hockey players face off down the rink. And the Stanley Cup is all filled up for the champs who win the drink. Now the final flick of a hockey stick and a one gigantic scream. The puck is in, the home team wins the good old hockey game. Oh, the good old hockey game is the best game you can name. And the best game you can name is the good old hockey game. Oh, the good old hockey game is the best game you can name. And the best game you can name is the good old hockey game. Oh, the good old hockey game is the best game you can name. And the best game you can name is the good old